So welcome to The Orbit. It's an interview series that we uh, do almost every week where we interview creative professionals, a lot of them online, but generally interesting people who are interested in things. This week, we have Cordero Core. Am I saying that correctly? Correct. Okay, great. And Cordero, when I first met you, you described me as a generalist. Yes. Yeah. How, how, would you, how do you tell people what you do? Um, a lot of people say kind of like a jack of all trades. Okay. Um, I like to think of it more as a hobbyist. Um, I love to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. Um, honestly, I have spent a lot of time, most of my days, um, just learning something new. Okay. Um, and I think it really got sparked um, whenever I first, it well, really the end of my undergrad years, so senior year, I was a mentor for, um, for a group at UAB, and we actually had Farnsworth Bentley come in, and he came and he spoke with us, and one of the things he emphasized was the fact that whenever you go and you apply for a job or you're looking for an internship, things like that, everyone looks the same on paper. Um, he's, about 80, 90% of people are going to be basically the same. You may have a few changes here or there, but at the end of the day, here's what you have to remember. The people who are hiring have to spend at least 40 hours a week with you. And most times people are at their job for at least five years. Four, so you're looking at 40 hours a week, five years, you want someone who's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, when, when, when you come in on a Monday morning, you want someone with interesting stories. You don't want someone who's just bland and who you don't enjoy. So that's something that is subconscious in the hiring process itself. So I said one way that he overcame it was that he said that he was an alligator wrestler. <laughs> because who wouldn't, even if who, they have who no is this? one. Who is the speaker? Fonsworth Bentley. Okay. Yes. So of, he's of Bentley. So he, um, well, he is like famous from like the 90s. Okay. So back whenever P. Diddy was like Puff Daddy. Yes. So he's the guy who held the umbrella. That's him. Okay. So yes. Um, he said that even if somebody wasn't interested in hiring him necessarily, that they would want to definitely meet the alligator, alligator Yeah. He's Why an not? alligator wrestler. Exactly. It's like, what's the chances of an alligator wrestler applying for this job? If nothing less, I just want to see this person face to face and talk to him. Great. So, so for you, what's that? Like, what distinguishes you from the pack? Um, that's what really encouraged me to just go out there and try something different. And do everything. Yes. So, um, <laughs> I've done MMA. Right. Um, I, like, love to cook. I started my own bakery. Um, I learned how to build computers. I taught myself how to program. Um, I took a class in Mandarin. Like, pretty much anything that I want to know. Um, if I find it interesting, why not spend some time? Like, I never had been really politically active or anything, but it encouraged me. I was like, why not? So I just started following politics too. So, you know, it really encouraged me to broaden who I was so that I can have a conversation with anybody. Yeah. And I can be able to connect with them on some level. Tell, like, that, this is a great outlook to have. <laughs> and I'm very curious about what your early life was like. Like, where did you grow up? And tell me a little bit about, like, your childhood. So, I grew up, born and raised in Auburn, Alabama. All right. Which many people know because of Auburn Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> um, but I started out um, in a private school. So, it was a private Christian school. It was only a few of us. I think it was a total of eight people in my graduating class. And then I um, ended up going to a public school for high school. So, Auburn High. 
and I did IB. So for the most part, a lot of my classes were very small mm-hmm. and it, they contained the same people over and over again. So kind of transferring into college, that was kind of my mentality was I was always used to interacting with so few people. And I was like, why is it so hard to find other people that are interesting and I want to interact with and to talk to and to broaden my groups? And so when I had that conversation, it just clicked. It was like, oh, that makes more, so much more sense. It's because you always end up talking to the same people over and over again if you're always going to the same places over and over mm, again. I see. So, um, kind of like how you have the orbit, right. you have to be very intentional <laughs> on how you set your orbit. Um, if you set it to be very small, it's going to always be small. But if you're intentional and make sure that you're, that you're setting yourself in locations that are intentional and you say, hey, this is something I enjoy, you can meet a whole new group of people and interact with those that you're not normally used to. I love that. That's my whole deal. <laughs> Tell me about your orbit. Or like ones that you've had in your life. Like what, what are they like? What are these intentional decisions that you've made? Well, um, I've always enjoyed like science. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that I've always involved myself with like community service, for instance. Um, I actually taught for 11 years. So how old are you? <laughs> 31. 31, okay. That's still incredible, the amount <laughs> of stuff you have accomplished. <laughs> Continue. Um, so I, I've gotten, a, I've had the opportunity to, like, I, I love like interacting with like kids and what can I do to help to bring them along. So that was one of the orbits that I've had. So I've always had a passion for what can I do to help kids to not have to go through the same things mm-hmm. that I have. Um, I've always like enjoyed science. So I, I actually did my undergrad in biochem and um, did a master's in computational biophysics, and then. I was like, something was missing, because I was like, you know what, it's great to do science, but you never get to see how it's applicable. Like, you're developing, but you never see it through. And so that's why I decided to go into chemical engineering. Um, so It's dizzying, <laughs> and I'm very impressed. Uh, I want to bring the focus to maybe one story that I have a lot of questions about. Yes. Uh, your, your baking career. <laughs> First of all, how did you get into it? You mentioned that there was some association with BET. Yes. And I was doing some Googling today. Cakes by Cakes by Core? Cordero. Cordero. Cakes yes. by Cordero. So tell me how this baking hustle started. Okay. So <laughs> it actually goes back to my undergrad. I okay. started out um, not cooking, baking, or anything. Um, I just got tired of the taste of hamburgers and french fries and chicken fingers. Like, that's just kind of what it is in college. So I started cooking and started watching Food Network, and I was like, oh, that's cool. But in the process, I noticed every time you look at a major competition, you have these chefs who've cooked for 30, 40 years, and then they're like, okay, for the final test, we want you to make a cupcake or a muffin or something really simple, and they're like, oh my God, I haven't made I that in 12 bake. years. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> they don't bake. And so I said, if I really want to get good at what I do and I really want to say that I'm a true cook, I have to learn to bake. That's really cool. So what I did was I just started playing around with like some of the basics. Um, one of the first things I tried to bake was a batch of biscuits. Um, pictures don't exist of said biscuits. They weren't that good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they were on the, uh, the Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> But this was like your first venturing out. Yes. Of course they're going to suck. Yes. But I found that there's so much art and science. 
that was in baking that it kind of appealed to both sides of me that it kept me interested that I was like I can do this let me try let me try this let me try that and then I found that there was just a natural nuance to it that I really enjoyed that I had kind of built on before that that I never even realized like I'd always love to draw I'd always love to do science and things but I never found something that kind of meshed the two together and so in the process of baking um, like I just started uploading it onto Instagram and before I knew it, um, people started contacting me saying, hey, do you sell what you make? Um, and at that point, no. But um, I started thinking about it, and I was like, why not? Like, why, why don't I? So, I so this did. was just a hobby, and then people just out of the woodwork were like, yo, I'll put down money. Yes. And it, it actually exploded. Like, from the, from the time that I started, and people started seeing like, oh, wow, that's good. Um, a lot of the larger baking companies that were in town, the people who were there were like, we like yours so much better. Um, and you blew up on Instagram. Yes. At the peak, what, like what was your followership or engagement or what um, was it like? Well, kind of at my peak, I actually was followed by um, like Jet Tila's wife. Um, <laughs> and who is it? Uh, Robin Givens. Okay. So the actress, um, when she came into town, I actually got a call from her mom. Um, like they were hosting an event, and she said that she heard that I was the best baker in town, and so she. And this is still in Alabama. Correct. Okay. Um, and then like I was able to interact with some event planners, and so that's how I was able to actually do an event for BET. The um, CEO of AG Gadsden Steel, his fortieth birthday, which was beautiful. They had desserts hanging from the ceiling. Oh. It was it was incredible. <laughs> um, and I just had these opportunities, not because I was like trying to actively promote, say, hey, you know, buy this, buy this. That wasn't the case. It was more like, hey, this is what I do. And people recognized it. And they started sharing. And just the word of mouth is probably the See, best that's, way. That I think is probably the most important thing, especially for people who are trying to sell products or run businesses on Instagram, is that you were product first. And it came from that uh, sort of passion place and you didn't over promote it kind of blossomed on its own which is incredible and doesn't happen to a lot of people like what do you think distinguished yourself from the pack um i pay a lot of attention to detail mm -hmm. and i think that's what really came through to a lot of individuals is um i didn't really take it for granted like it didn't matter if i was making something for one person or if I was making it for a large event I spent the exact same amount of time the exact same amount of detail on both and so you can you can feel that and I think that's what what a lot of people miss it's great to make products but never lose your passion mm -hmm. if you lose your passion for it then you're just doing the same thing as any other corporation or any other company out there um, when people can feel the passion coming from you they connect to it and they want that I think that there's just an innate desire yeah. for that. How long did you do the baking thing? Um, I, I had the company for about four years. Four? Total. And that, that's Cakes by Cordero? Correct. Okay. Um, and then after moving up to Seattle, um, I kind of like let it go. But uh -huh. I definitely want to go back to it at some point. That's so. thrilling. And I, let me know <laughs> when you start that venture because I want to be there. Uh, so now I have some understanding of your, your cake, <laughs> the cake chapter of your life. Where did MMA come in? 
Well, I just started because I was like, it's cool and it's interesting. So what I did was, um, while I was in grad school, okay, I, so this is laughter. Yes. Yeah. So so this was um, maybe second, third year of grad school. I um, was like, why not? <laughs> this is when a recurring theme. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what I did was I found a gym that was close, and. I started like training some of my own and then training whenever I was there and I just found it was so relaxing. That's what a, a lot of people miss about MMA. Like it looks like super duper brutal, but it's not so much. Like it's more of like a chess match because it's all about decision trees. You're mm -hmm. saying, hey, here's what I'm going to do. Can I impose my will or can I, can I make a determination on the next decision that they make? Mm -hmm. So it's like, it's ultimately like chess. Yeah. But a little different <laughs> yeah it's a little more physical yes but it's very relaxing and I um definitely enjoyed it like I did it and and it was one of the kind of like it was a great exercise it was like a woo-saw moment and then it always kept me mentally engaged at the same time so these were all extracurricular while you were going to school how was the balance of time management between what you were studying which is like chemical engineering and like computational what was the other one computational biophysics <laughs> <laughs> like that's pretty dense and i can imagine that for some people that would be all consuming and you wouldn't have time for hobbies how did you manage that um one thing that i said was every friday was my friday so i could do whatever i want to and especially like since i enjoyed like baking or mma things like that what i would say is after six o'clock mm -hmm. then that's my time on that Friday, even if I have stuff on Saturday and Sunday, nothing would get in the way of me spending that time developing myself. So, um, like, I would love to get, like, a bottle of wine or something like that and bake and cook. Or I may go and work out or just whatever my hobby was at that time. If it was building computers, if it was learning how to program, that was my time. And nothing would get in the way. Because self-development is so important to me. Because if I don't develop myself, how can I pour into others? Um, so that's what I did every every Friday was mine and then if I found time in other ways cool wonderful but I made sure that I always set aside that time that's awesome <laughs> and you ended up being a generalist and I think we were talking before about how you believe that being a generalist is the most valuable um, basically companies the most valuable people they can hire are generalists and like how do, do you or does anyone market themselves as a generalist and also get hired? So, um, part of that comes with having a specialty, mm -hmm. but then also showing the range of abilities that you have. So, one of the ways that I did that was reworking my resume. So, how they teach you in high school is great mm -hmm. if you want to go and get into college because no one knows what they're doing. Um, but when you get ready to go into the marketplace and they want to know what you do. Um, I actually followed like the government style. So I went to the government website and said, okay, so what kind of style do they like? And I found that it's very different from anything that I've seen before. What do you mean you went the government style? So essentially what they want is they want a list of basically your, your um, demographic and uh, bio information. Then after that, they want to know each area that you have experience in. So for instance, when I say chemical engineering, well, next to that, listing out 
every skill that I know in the area of chemical engineering or in programming, every skill that goes along with that. So when they're looking for, okay, somebody who has experience in programming, okay, they need to know like what languages, do you understand data structures, do you understand these kind of things towards much faster for them to go through. Because a lot of times they're looking for very specific traits, but then at the same time when they see just the breadth of areas that you have experience in and all of the skills you have in, in those areas, then that helps them to understand we really have a gem that's here. Because it's not just what we're looking for, there's so many other skills that come along with that that make you a value over someone who's very specific in the areas that they have. Wow, <laughs> that's super useful. Um, do you think, just for like a lot of our viewership are trying to figure out the balance between their day job and the things that they like doing. How do you figure out what your specialty is? Like how did you choose chemical engineering? <laughs> um, honestly, I just spent time finding like where do my interests really lie? That's amazing um, that your interests led you to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, because like there are things that you're good at which are just naturally you're talented at. But then also, what are the questions that you find yourself asking all the time? So for me, like I did chemistry, I did biochem, great, interesting, and I enjoyed that because it, it has the math and those kind of skills that I enjoyed, but then I always found myself asking the question, but what comes after this? That's, that's thrilling, because I feel like I think the same way whenever I, and that is what fuels like this interview series, because once you start asking yourself what's next, you can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and I mean, honestly, that's what led me to it, is because I was like, what, what's the next logical step after what I know, and that was engineering, because science develops, engineering actually employs, and that was the question I was always asking, so once that question was answered, I was like, that's where I need to go, that's what I need to do. Um, and then everything else is just kind of like flowed from it. Same thing with like my baking and cooking. I started out cooking and then the question came, what comes after? And that's why I ended up baking. And that's how I ended up with the business that associated with it. So it's always that search of what's the next step, what's the next logical step. And that's what a lot of people need to look for to determine, okay, what area can I specialize in? Like what is something that fuels me? What's my passion? If you find yourself asking what's that next step, that's a great place to try to hone in and find out more about maybe that's where it lies. With that in mind, what's the next step for you? You've done, you're 31, <laughs> you're like working for like a medical tech startup and what are your side hustles or what are you, what's interests are driving you forward? Um, well, like hopefully if everything goes well, then um, as after some time has passed mm -hmm. with the startup, it would be wonderful actually to open up Cake by Cordero once yeah. again with a full storefront. Um, that way I could bring a little bit of the south up here to the Pacific Northwest. Um, Sounds I think like a good idea. <laughs> I think it will be well received. Mm -hmm. um, along with that, um, I actually would love to run, to run for politics. So run for right. like I love how these are, <laughs> these are both paths that are running simultaneously. <laughs> Uh, tell me, tell me about that, because <laughs> I remember you mentioned it, and uh, like, it's it's funny because it seems like it's such a huge goal. What what's driving you to run for like office? 
Well, an, an underlying theme in everything that I've done is I always want to make life better so that other people don't have to go through what I went through. Yeah. So, and what, what kind of things did you go through that you want people to avoid? Um, I mean, honestly, just growing up, I never had a lot. Um, like my parents had to really sacrifice a lot to allow me to go to a private school and to get the education, to have those opportunities. Mm -hmm. And even along the way, um, I thought at the beginning I wanted to be a doctor. And I quickly figured out, that's not for me. Um, and it was much harder to navigate how I wanted to get there. And so I don't want like kids, for instance, to have to go through that. I think that if you have more experience earlier in life, then that makes that easier. Um, same thing with like healthcare and with education and student loans and things like that. Um, I want to be able to make others' lives easier. And so for me, that's what making that next step, if I decided to run for Congress would be, is I'd want to promote policies that help people, just the average individual. I mean, when I grew up, I did concrete with my dad. Like that's part of what we did mm -hmm. um, every summer to, in order to get enough money so that I could afford to go out and get clothes for the school year. Well, I don't want others to have to necessarily go through that. Um, you know, you have healthcare tied to where you work. Well, I don't want that to have to be a limiting factor so other people are, are more likely to be entrepreneurs. You don't have to balance maybe day and night as much because you don't necessarily need the day for that healthcare, for those benefits, and you can be more entrepreneurial. Um, so as a, as a congressperson, that's something that I would want to advocate for, very progressive policies, things to take us forward. Um, I'm a big advocate of anything science and engineering, so especially looking at green technology, mm -hmm. pushing things like that. So all of those are kind of like underlying drives, and I'm like, the only way that you can really affect change is affecting it from you know, the top and saying, hey, what are some changes we can make here that will affect everyone as a whole? Like one person making change is great, two people even better, but when you can affect the government and the way that it approaches the, the society, that's even better. And that's probably the best way to approach it. How are you preparing for this? Um, honestly, I spend a lot of time just like listening to a lot of current events. So I love to partake in like what's happening, not just in America, what's happening abroad. I um, actually went to Andrew Yang's um, rally. That's right. That was this past Friday. And I really wanna find out what do candidates believe? Like if you understand what's happening now, you have an understanding of what's to come. Like Medicare for all, very, very popular now. Um, I think it's near 70 some odd percent of individuals in the US like they, they support it. Well, how, how does that make sense? It makes sense because that was a big issue in the last political cycle. So mm -hmm. by paying attention to those things, you get a really good understanding of what's to come. So it, and also, I mean, it keeps you tied into what's the lifeblood of America and it's the people. So what are people thinking? What's happening? What's affecting the average person? And that's how you prepare best. Not get disconnected, not look for money, but look for the people, and that will always lead you the right way. I'm thrilled. <laughs> Let me know when you start running, and we'll just get this campaign going. <laughs> Definitely. Um, as far as people that inspire you or kind of the – who's in your – like, what do you like consuming as far as media or the people that you sort of follow the most closely? Um, I would say the most closely – definitely the Young Turks 
The Young so, Turks. I don't yeah. know who those are. <laughs> so they're a progressive network out of California, so LA. Mm -hmm. And they, that's kind of where I got started um, with progressive media. Um, from there, places like Secular Talk, Humanist Report, um, The Rational National, um, David Pakman Show, Mikasa Mi Sukasa. Um, so I just started kind of expanding into those areas and they definitely helped to give me an idea of like what's going on and it's very interesting to me. Like I love the, the thought that goes into um, the different issues that they present. Um, so that's definitely from like a current events political standpoint. Then from like a science and technology, huge fan of Neil deGrasse Tyson. Like, yeah, I'm a huge fan of his. Like, I would love to meet him one day. Um, he is he's my definitely my hero. That's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. And uh, as far as the the reason I ask is that a lot of people when they're watching they want to know what they can do. And what would be your advice if uh, just for the common man if they wanted to kind of reach a level of success that you've reached it seems like you have a pretty stable lifestyle diverse set of interests what is something that you would recommend that people do to get started um honestly a lot of it starts out with try something mm -hmm. um try something you've never done before and see how you like it um i wouldn't say necessarily just invest a ton of money in the beginning right um but try it out a little bit here and there um, if it's cooking, for instance, which you know I'm a huge fan of cooking, yeah. um, take a cooking class, take a baking class. A lot of a lot of um, communities have them, and it's just a matter of just like try it out. It may not be too expensive. Do something like that. Um, if it's politics, like start listening to some different podcasts. If you know, if it's like photography, try, start out with your phone. We that's five minutes, so we have five minutes left. Don't worry. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, start it with your phone. See how you like it. Um, maybe go hiking, and see what kind of like nature inspires you. Um, the only way that you truly know is by experience. Um, and if you don't, if you've never experienced it, how do you know that you don't like it? Yeah. That's thrilling stuff. As far as because you love food so much. Uh, what are your favorite spots in Seattle? You know, like, have you done the circuit? Um, haven't done the full circuit. Okay. Um, there are a few that I definitely like coming back to. Um, what is it? Woodshop Barbecue. Okay. I have not. Really good. I, I am very excited about this list. Um, they're so good. I think it's Central District. Okay. It's where they're located. Excellent. They have like a mac and cheese where they have like barbecue and stuff on it. <laughs> so tasty. Um, I'm a huge fan of El Baracho. Yeah, I like that spot too. Yeah, El Baracho's really chill. Yeah. Um, they have some really good food um, for a really great price. Plus, they have happy hour. You yeah. can never go wrong with that. <laughs> um, also, like, I really like Ivers. Ivers is really, it's really quick. Um, but they have, like, really tasty um, seafood. And they've been there for a really long time. I think, like, 114 years. So it's always worth trying. So I would say those are three of my favorite spots. Oh, also, I think it's Agua Verde over near um, University of Washington was really good. They also have like some really good food there as well. Great. I'm definitely going to hit some of these up. <laughs> uh, the cupcakes you brought in today, did you make them? Yes. We should try them. Yes, absolutely. So you should bring them on screen too because I, I'm amped. So, 
great. This is phenomenal. So what we got going here? It is a bacon and <laughs> pancake. <laughs> Leading with bacon. And there's a pancake on top of it. Yes. I had pancakes this morning, but I'm just continuing it. <laughs> yes, you definitely gotta try one out. Okay, wow. <laughs> I see how, why Jaren uh, was saying this is heart-stopping. <laughs> how am I supposed to go about yes. this, my dude? Um, I would say just, um, un just unravel yeah, it. Yeah, it is, like it is dripping in bottom. syrup. If so, yes. <laughs> see, this is your moment. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah, no. <laughs> You are inventive, I'll tell you that much. So the frosting actually has bacon in it as well. What? what? <laughs> oh my gosh, this is over the top. So, so top to bottom, it should taste like just pancakes and I got syrup all bacon. over myself. <laughs> Very cool. Thank you so much. Like no watching problem. me eat this is probably gonna be hard to watch. <laughs> but thank you for tuning into the orbit. This is Cordero. I'm super inspired by everything that you do and I hope to be a little bit like you someday. <laughs> Um, tune in next week or whenever we do our next interview and we'll be touching base again. I think I want to hear more about your ongoing projects and it's a pleasure having you on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. We'll see you next time. <laughs>